This is an Alert USA Threat Journal, Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, May 22nd, 2021. This week in security news, earlier this month, the Department of Homeland Security and FBI confirmed a ransomware attack against the Colonial Pipeline Company that prompted a five-day shutdown of fuel transport operations. Colonial provides approximately 45% of the fuel used in the broader East Coast area. The shutdown of the pipeline network caused panic buying of gasoline, halts or delays in fuel deliveries to retail stations, and ultimately shortages in the southeastern and mid-Atlantic regions of the United States. This week, Colonial Pipeline Company issued a statement saying they are back to transporting refined gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel at normal levels and are fully operational, though it may take some time for the fuel supply chain to fully catch up. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal on Wednesday, Joseph Blount, the chief executive officer of Colonial Pipeline Company, confirmed that he had authorized a ransom payment of $4.4 million. Blount explained that this option is one that he had to exercise given the effects of shutting down such critical energy infrastructure. Federal authorities have attributed the responsibility of the attack to Russian perpetrators using ransomware known as DarkSide. The developers of DarkSide employ an interesting business model by offering the malicious software or malware in what is referred to as a ransomware-as-a-service approach. In this arrangement, criminal actors, called affiliates, are provided the complete attack capability, including malware and discrete servers, in exchange for an agreed portion of any ransom demand that is paid. This is an extremely dangerous practice in the world of cybersecurity as such turnkey offerings, available for a simple cut of the action with dramatically reduced exposure, opens the door for extortion of businesses both large and small. Based on information from online forum advertisements, the dark side developers take 25% of paid ransom amounts of less than $500,000, declining to 10% for ransom payments greater than $5 million. Late last week, the crime gang operating DarkSide announced that it was closing their operation due to, quote, pressure from the U.S. and after losing access to their public-facing servers. Some media reports, quote, unnamed U.S. government sources as saying that the takedown of DarkSide servers and capabilities was a joint operation carried out by the Department of Homeland Security, FBI, and National Security Agency. Security experts say criminal groups often disband and return under different names, and therefore it can't be determined if the disruption to DarkSide's infrastructure is legitimate or permanent. The Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency and the FBI urge critical infrastructure stakeholders and operators to adopt a heightened state of awareness and to implement the recommendations and mitigation steps listed in their recently released Joint Cybersecurity Advisory which was updated on Wednesday of this week. Among these mitigation steps, emphasis is given to separating information technology and operational technology networks, regularly testing manual controls, and ensuring that backups are implemented, tested, and isolated from network connections. These mitigation steps will help organizations across sectors and industries to improve resilience by reducing vulnerability to ransomware and the risk of severe business disruption. Many of the recommendations made can also play a key role in protecting smaller businesses as well. In one simple example, keeping off-network backups of your critical systems and data can have a huge impact when recovering from a variety of scenarios where main computing systems become unusable. You can find more on this story in the latest issue of the Threat Journal email newsletter. Next up, in public health news, as of the time of this report's preparation Friday evening, Johns Hopkins University reports there have been roughly 33 million cases and 589,000 deaths in the U.S. attributed to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. 
Over the last week, daily new cases have decreased by 19% when compared to the previous seven days, and the daily new deaths have decreased by 10.5%. In Canada, as of May 20th, the total number of COVID cases has reached over 1.3 million, with most cases found in Ontario and Quebec. Canadian health authorities also report 25,111 coronavirus-related fatalities. In Latin America, per capita death rates are among the highest in the world in all but a few South American countries. As of Friday afternoon, the death toll from COVID-19 in Latin America and the Caribbean passed 1 million people. On average in May, 31% of the COVID-19 deaths in the world have been in Latin America and the Caribbean, home to just 8.4% of the global population. Brazil remains the third most affected country in the world in terms of confirmed COVID-19 cases, behind only India and the United States. Brazil also has the highest death toll in the region, followed by Mexico and Colombia, which combined represents about 74% of all of the deaths in Latin America. In travel security news, on Thursday of this week, the Department of Homeland Security quietly extended the restrictions on non-essential cross-border land travel with Canada and Mexico through June 21st. DHS, in conjunction with its Canadian and Mexican counterparts, originally closed the U.S. northern and southern borders to leisure travelers in March of 2020. These restrictions have been extended on a monthly basis ever since. Listeners are reminded that despite the new CDC masking and distancing guidance for vaccinated individuals that was released last week, the federal mask requirement on public transportation remains in force for everyone, vaccinated or not, including on buses, trains, and in stations and airports. Additionally, regardless of any other regional or nation-specific travel regulations, the CDC also still requires all air passengers entering the United States including U.S. citizens and legal permanent residents, to present a negative COVID-19 test taken within three calendar days of departure or proof of recovery from the virus within the last 90 days. If you are planning travel abroad, regardless of the destination, AlertUSA strongly recommends checking out the U.S. State Department's travel website as well as that of the CDC for safety, security, and health considerations. In addition to U.S. government travel guidance, AlertUSA also regularly recommends taking a few minutes to visit the equivalent websites of the Canadian, Australian, and British governments to see the travel guidance that those nations are providing to their citizens as threats, assessments, and travel restrictions can and do vary. You can find more on these and other stories in the latest issue of the Threat Journal email newsletter. If you are not already a subscriber, simply visit the ThreatJournal.com website and sign up today. A copy of this week's issue will be immediately sent to you via email. If you would like to receive breaking threat and incident alerts on your mobile device, visit AlertsUSA.com. AlertsUSA continues to monitor the overall domestic and international threat environment and will immediately notify service subscribers via SMS messages and email of new alerts, warnings and advisories, or any other factors which signal a change in the overall threat picture for American citizens as events warrant. This has been an AlertsUSA Threat Journal Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, May 22, 2021.